Welcome into Uncovering Success. We had a little bit of technical difficulties, but that's what happens in life. Um, and I'm definitely in a, a better place than I deserve right now. This place is awesome. The One Center here in Canton has really done a good job of being hospitable to us. So shout out to them. But today I'm so excited. I have the VP at AltCare, Mike Galena, here with me. Um, one of the the best people that you could ever be around. He's been through so much, had a chance to lead a lot of people and and help a lot of people become better leaders. So I'm really excited today, Mike. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you want to kind of introduce yourself a little bit and tell us some about your story? Sure, Cambray. First of all, I want to say thank you for having me on your show. Humbled always when we get a chance to be with great people like you, really a long life's journey, helping others connect to their journey as well. So I love mm -hmm. what you're doing. Certainly glad to be a part of it. And my story, not too dissimilar to others as life's seasons go. And let's say decades ago and people come and go through our lives. So not too dissimilar, but the idea I can share with you is I have a story just like everybody else does. Absolutely. So I know you're in the corporate world now and haven't always been corporate. Um, can you walk us through that, how you got into your previous jobs? You were the superintendent at North Canton City Schools, which is a massive um, school district here in Canton. Um, yeah, so kind of talk us through that and the few different jobs that you've had. Sure, Canberra. Yeah, when you see corporate VP Altcare, you think, oh, that guy's been a business guy his whole career. Mm -hmm. He's on the sunset side of it. Not so. I was a 30-year educator, so it's cool that you lead me into that. I've not been corporate only except the last nine years of my life. Wow. But some folks would say corporate in the sense that you were a corporate school leader. Mm -hmm. So some might build a bridge between those two. But you, my world has really been an, as an educator. Born and raised Minerva, Ohio, University of Mount Union graduate. First job was Alliance City Schools. Coach freshman basketball there for Coach Fails and was a football coach at Minerva. Then went back to Minerva as a fifth grade teacher after my first year out, kind of went home yeah. and coached ball there and really became, after a coaching career and a teaching career, became a building principal. Then the superintendent of Minerva Schools, did that for 11 years. And in my last eight years, as you suggested, North mm -hmm. Canton City Schools as a superintendent. So 19 years as a school district superintendent of my 30 years in education. So corporate on the school side not so much on the business side. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I'm really interested in is the leadership side of things and and what it's like to lead so many people. Because especially at North Kansas City Schools, you've got, I, I don't know, hundreds of teachers that, that you're in charge of, you're leading, you're waking up every day and, and they're looking to you. What does leading, especially people that are leading others, look like? And, and how can you kind of impact them and give them the right things for that? Well, it's great because you're talking about scale and impact. Leadership for me is a fundamental key word. It's called influence. How can we use our God-given skills and talents to influence others to do the same? Mm -hmm. So it's not title-driven. It's not even age-driven. That's why you can see great NFL coaches at these young ages that we're seeing so much now or high school coaches that seemingly are just out of college. We all put a track in place to say it should happen at a certain period along life's journey. But if you're using influence to the highest degree and unlocking those God-given skills and talents of others, that's ageless, timeless, genderless. Mm -hmm. It is all about specific to who needs it and can I give it at that time. 
So right away, leading a 5,000-student school district, 500 employees at North Canton City, some would say, that's big. But you bring it all the way back down to say, how do I help those that are in charge of specific spots do their work the best? You walk with them. You don't have a title. You don't run so far out in front of them that if you turn over your shoulder, no one's there. It's quite the opposite. You walk with them and unlock the things they do best. So you've had the chance to be around a lot of teachers and and impact and lead and kind of come up through the teaching system as well. What makes a great teacher to you? What do you think are are the few things that when you look at a teacher, you know they're a good teacher or they're going to be a good teacher and I want to hire them? That is awesome because we used to call that the million-dollar decision. Very folks mm-hmm. would look at you and say, what do you mean a million-dollar decision? Well, as the superintendent, you could say, well, if you're going to hire this person, they'll probably stay with you for 30 years, mm-hmm. and let's use $30,000 as a salary. So that's 900000 You know they're going to make way more than 30000 along their career, so you're making a million-dollar decision. Here's how we know if we think we're making a million-dollar decision in a good way. We're really looking for that teacher's ability to connect with people and students developmentally where we're going to assign them. So the environment they create in their classrooms and the personalities that they insert into that allow students to feel safe, loved, and reached. When that happens day in and day out, those students will give you their best from a heartfelt spot. And they'll do the very best that they're possibly able to do. Some, for some, that's A work. For some, that's C work. But the key is, is it their best work? So yeah. we look at environment and personality. And then the technical skills. You know, can they write a lesson plan? Can they do assessment? Can they teach kids? Can they coach kids properly at the level? That's mm-hmm. a smaller part. The impactful part is what you alluded to. And I would spin the question back to our listeners to say, yeah. think back. Who was your favorite teacher or teachers? But most importantly, why did you think why? of them? And I know for me, like, I was not good at science in school. I never was. I was never interested in it. Um, I, I tried my hardest. I could. And I'd make B's or whatever it was. But And that was probably my worst subject. But it was the teacher there, Mr. Hampshire. He was my favorite teacher in high school. And I still am connected to him with this day because... When I walked into his classroom every day, and as anyone else did, you knew he cared about you. And, and he cared about what you were doing off the outside of school, you know, on the field, on the court, whatever it was, or whatever you were interested in, he was also interested in because you were. I, I remember one time um, we had a, a great basketball play. It was like a buzzer beater or something. And the next day we come into science class, and that's what we watched for the first 20 minutes because it was on YouTube and whatnot. And, and so that was exciting and fun to be able to um, have those moments with people that cared about you. Because we could have walked in the next day and he said, eh, it doesn't matter what happens outside of school. We're going to get out here and we're going to study anatomy. Yes, it's beautiful. When you think about yeah. that, Bray, he met you where you were mm-hmm. and walked with you. Yeah. Now, that can sound almost biblical, but let's use the Bible as a cool history book. Folks that walked with people found their way to unlock the best that they had. So, Mr. Hampshire, yeah. he walked with you the best you had, and he met you where you were, the buzzer beater. That's where you were that day. Mm-hmm. That's wisdom in leadership. Yeah. That's wisdom. I also think, too, that he wasn't celebrating just because there was a big play or like something big happened. 
we knew he cared and he was there on those low times. And the best teachers are, the best leaders are, no matter what uh, profession it is. They're there at the lows and then they're the first ones to celebrate at your highs because they've seen you um, get to that point, get to that mountaintop and, and they want to be there to celebrate with you. So that's been really cool for me to see. And I'm sure you have, um, th those are the best teachers because of the way they make you feel. 100% true. And especially on those days when it'd be really easy for them to move on to the next student, mm -hmm. you're having that tough day. So you're, maybe you're not as engaged yeah. so they could just move on past that and find the next person who was, but the good teacher, the wise teacher, the missionary teacher mm -hmm. walks with everybody where they are, even in that low time. You see, success is not linear. Yeah. It is not a zoop up that mountaintop. Oh, you go through so many things in a mountaintop. Yeah. You can have rock slide. I'm having a metaphor at, you can uh -huh. have storm and wind. You can slip and fall, but guess who comes back down yeah. and walks back up with you? It's that teacher that you've talked about or that leader who just happens to be a teacher. So you've, you've clearly led a lot of people and helped a lot of people lead. What is it like on those bad days or those bad times that you go through and aren't quite sure what's coming next? Or maybe it's a snowy day in February and, and you don't really want to get out of bed. But you do because you've got 500 employees that are looking up to you, 5,000 students that are looking up to you. What has got you through those tough times? Yep, that is awesome because that's really life. We have those days, and certainly we'll have multiple days if we're challenged. could be health issues with folks close to us. It could be challenging results on tests or ball games, or just certainly a hard day in February like you allude to. Here's my take on it. I have to shift. I get a chance to choose. I choose my outlook. That doesn't tell me what I have to do. It tells me what I need to look to do. Not what I have to do, what I can look to do. So I have an equation. I call yeah. it the winning equation, and I use it with people over and over again. First of all, which voice do I hear? Will I be able to manage the day because I'm a little mm -hmm. beat up? Or I will, and I fill in the blank. I will greet that next person with a smile. I will get right out there because I know they're going to need me. The second one, next play mentality. Things don't always go well. Next play, what can I do to put my best in, in front of somebody? So it didn't go well. It's been a tough day. What's my next play that I can control? Then finally, I'm going to have good lean on me people. Who are the folks I want to be around? My funny phrase is a dead battery can't charge a dead battery. <laughs> I'm not going to be around. I'm choosing to go find my right lean on me person. Yeah. So that equation, I will next play lean on me. Seven words. It helps me every day. Wow. Puts me back in the game that fast. Let's stay here for a second, too, because those three points you just mentioned all have to do with coming from you. It's your mindset. It's what's going on inside of you. And I, I've done some research and seen a few things that's, that just show how important the mind is to you. There's even studies that say you can create diseases in your body or cure diseases in your body strictly from your mind and your mindset. What, what are some like nuggets or tips that you can give someone that's 23 like me, just getting out of school, trying to find my place in the world, trying to find my God-given talents and abilities? What would you say to someone like me? That is awesome because you say, I want that in the game of life, all that I can get it in there. And so what's my way to get it in there? I'll slide the word discipline in there. How yeah. we do our days every day, 
Do we eat right, sleep right? Are we taking good care of ourselves physically? Do we make sure that we have a connection to other people? Those things that seemingly we run past, we run past those. If we can discipline ourselves to keep them in the game, you see the word discipline actually comes from the word disciple, which means who or what we follow. It's not church unless you want it to be, certainly, but it's a way of life. So if we choose to follow certain patterns, certain people, our discipline helps us keep that winning equation in the game. Oftentimes coaches will say, can we be disciplined in the last two minutes of the game? Or can we run that press breaker? Mm -hmm. Disciplined like it needs to be. Well, it's how many times we've repped it correctly and who do we hang with so we know to trust them. The people in the game are the ones with the most discipline. They sure right? can't. Exactly. And you feed energy from one another. So you have to choose who, who am I following or what am I following? Mm-hmm. When you do that, it triggers those three equation points that I just, it brings them right back into the game. The I will voice, I'm on next play for sure. And I trust that person. That's my discipline. Yeah. So one thing I'm super interested in as being a, a coach and being around the game of life and th- different jobs I've had, different organizations I've been a part of is culture and, and what it's like to build a culture. That, that's such a word that's thrown around these days of, of what's your culture. And for you, what what is it like to build a culture, to come into an organization that's already established and have to give your two cents into what the culture should look like what what does that look like for you? That is so awesome. The word culture is the buzzword. You hear it on draft day. Yeah. I like that team's culture. Or you'll hear it partway through the season. Why are you guys winning? We've got a good locker room. It's our culture. You know, so what's the buzz on that? Here's how I distill that right down for everybody. Culture of your kitchen table at dinner to as large as a national organization or an international organization. It is these three. It's words, actions, and behaviors done over and over and over again. I do talks to college ball teams on this. We call it WAB. That has to be the top song on your playlist while your beats are on in pregame because nobody cares what the rest of your playlist is until your WAB is right for them. Then they'll let you in on the rest of their playlist, and that's a life metaphor. They'll let you in to the locker room conversation about my family. Or I'll tell you I've had a tough day. Only when W-A-B, words, actions, and behaviors, are trusted. Two of those three are not coming out of your mouth. So when folks say, Mike, can you come in and talk about culture? I say, just let me hang with you for three to five days, and I'm just going to walk around, and I'm watching W-A-B. Then at the end of the week, I'll tell you how your culture is. Yeah. Just based on W-A-B, how folks are managing it. And 67% of that is not out our mouth. Wow. And it's something, too, that you can't just turn on when you get to work. I mean, that starts at home. That starts in, like you were talking about earlier, your your discipline. And, and what is your culture with yourself, too? That's where it starts. And when you portray that culture all the time, people start to pick up on that. It's not something that you can just list, hey, this is our culture. These are the five things we're on. And you just hang that up on the wall somewhere that you're not going to be able to build the right culture that you want that. Now, it's so awesome. Folks think you print those and put them up, and there's the example of our culture. Mm-hmm. Nope. It's how you're living your day that becomes your culture. And remember, leadership is influence. So if your ability to influence that next person in the cube beside you or the next locker or that student in row three, mm-hmm. 
and you have that influence of lift, all those reasons we just talked about why you chose Mr. Hampshire as your favorite science teacher, if that's going on, that's your culture. So that's how you know. I love that because there's so many different jobs that people have and so many different areas we're in. And when we have that WAB, the words, actions, and behaviors, no matter where you're at, you can influence the culture, whether you're the top dog or you're the bottom dog. And when you show up every day and, and you are that person that everyone wants to be around and that everyone looks to for guidance, if you're at the bottom, it can be a lot easier to move up. And you might not see it. You might come into a, a company or you, your life plan and you don't know God's vision. You don't know the leader's vision. Sometimes you just have to show up and, and be yourself and be that culture guy. It's so true, Brian. Let's use an example of that. Two quick examples I'll give you. One can be the title of somebody who's in authority. So implied in that is they're a good leader. They're the superintendent. Well, understand that when folks come into a meeting with the superintendent, you get that title for about 90 seconds. It's in the greeting. Then after that, do they listen to me? Are they really, really being helpful to me with my options? Are they going to connect me to the right resources? It's all that WAB. And then at the end, I'll get a chance to sign my name or call the principal or get a hold of the coach. Now I get my title back to do that. Everything else in the middle was the relationship dynamic, the influence. Then we'll even take it a step further into a locker room. Some guys are given the role of captain. But you and I both know that sometimes it's that bench player that's getting about eight minutes a game that everybody trusts is WAB. Yeah. That's the leader. That's who I want to hang with. What he says, I'll pay attention to. Not necessarily because the captain with the word said it. If his WAB is a little bit less than our role player coming off the bench as the eighth player. Yeah. And, and that guy that is listed as the captain that people don't look up to, sometimes they can dramatically hurt a team if they don't have a good WAB. And if they're not the person that everyone wants to look to and they're portraying a lot of negative, a lot of negative things, I don't like the coach, I don't like the way he's doing this, everyone else starts to think that too. They sure do. And when that starts to become apparent to the observer is when you're in a tough time. Mm -hmm. Because many times folks can't summon their best because they don't trust it and they haven't, so they can only go so far. So we really see it bear itself out last-minute situations, or you see a matchup of two teams and you think, there is no way. On paper, there is no way. But they get it done regardless because of their culture, WAB. It's almost a refuse to lose in the moment because they'll extend it as high as they can. That other group, they can't finish. It's all sunshine and roses until you start losing a little bit. And it's just like in anything, stocks. I mean, we've been into cryptocurrency lately. Everyone's watching that hype and... When, when that starts, it goes down a little bit. Everyone freaks out. Ah, great and, metaphor. And it's, it's all coming to an end. All my money I put in is going to be zero tomorrow. And so everyone sells that. But the smart people are the ones that stick around for the long haul and are in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. That's but, awesome. Well, as you use that analogy, that's very good because we talk about perseverance and sustainability. That's what you're alluding to in that. And those are hard because in our society right now, it's microwave and drive through We we can't persevere if that doesn't work. Well, in leadership, we always say this. Leadership and management have a neat little but when you talk about them. But leadership without conflict or without risk Mm -hmm. is just management. 
Wow. It's the coolest thing. Leaders really have to manage the risk. So those that are in tough times, we'll lean on them because they've managed risk before. They've been in it. Yeah. Wow, that's great. That's awesome. And one thing I know, too, is when you're leading and the, the times I've been inspired by other leaders are when I see their vision, their vision for the company, their vision for the team. And whatever it is, they can portray their vision in a way that makes me want to, even though I'm the bottom guy on the totem pole, I still want to help them get to their vision and get to our vision. How have you been able to portray visions that you have? What's something that you, an advice you would give to a young leader like me, maybe someone that starting a company, running a new company, some way that we can get our vision across and portray it in the right way? That's awesome. Well, the concept of vision really connects to mission and purpose too. So I'm going to put the three together to answer Mm -hmm. that, Brady. Mission is what you're here to do every day. That's your mission. Vision is where you want to go. And purpose is why you exist. So when folks paint a vision of where it is they'd like to go, it bumps into what's our day-to-day work, what's our mission look like, and what's my purpose? Are Are you getting me connected? So when that's all going on, that vision gets clearer. So we call it painting it done. Paint it done through the idea of what are we here to do every day? Why do we exist? And yeah, here's where we're going. So it's in context to those three. And I use this then, the last connection to it when I talk to young kids. Let your hopes and your dreams collide with vision and purpose. So what you aspire to do with your God-given skills and talents Notice I didn't just say bump into or perhaps walk beside, collide with vision and purpose. When that happens, you get all three of those wrapped around really tight. That's awesome. And I know you're a big Simon Sinek guy too. My favorite book, uh, Start With Why, that I've talked about on here. Um, That why that you create, and it's, it's like giving your vision out, giving your vision out to your team. When they know your why, it's a lot easier for them to come behind you. And they're doing this because they want you to get your why. But also when you flip it around and you learn your team's why, the people that you're leading, it's, it's easier to portray that your vision onto them when you're able to help them with their why and, and what they want. And like you talked about getting to that purpose. If they feel like their purpose for life is being met by your why and your vision for the company or the team, then they're going to be way more likely to to be involved and want to help, even if maybe their money's not there, maybe mm. if they're not being paid as much. That is awesome because money can be a disincentive if you don't have the why properly placed. Folks will say, I'll work to this spot and that monetary amount, that's good for me. I want more than that, not necessarily monetarily. There's a cool study out that says about $75,000 is where people start to flip the switch over to say it's not about the money. It's a weird thing, but they'll use that number to say, I can take care of all my needs. That'll handle me. I'm fine. When I get there, I'm now looking for something else. And it's Mm -hmm. cool that you take, Simon Sink is beautiful. What's that? Why? What's that inspired purpose? What causes you to want to lean in and lean up to get something done? I love that. Lean in and lean up. That's awesome. Because for a lot of people, sometimes you don't do that. And it's harder to lean in, but especially lean forward, lean up when sometimes your back's against the wall. And 
and what does that mean to you to lean in and lean up? Let's stay here for a minute. All right, it's cool. Let's unbind a little bit just without belaboring it. Leaning in, watch folks when stressors hit them. You can watch ball games. You can watch families who have had a devastating, perhaps a death or something happens. The concept of leaning in is you watch what they do with their skills and talents in their body language. Do they lean away and almost say, I, I can't control the next step? Mm-hmm. Or do you start to see them proactively take action? So maybe back to that old idea, I will voice yeah. versus will I be able to? So you get your I will voice in. That's the leaning in to say, what can I do with what I have to the best of my ability right now? I can control the next half hour, the next half day, or the next week. Lean into that versus leaning back and say, letting somebody else control that. So that's mm-hmm. what that means. Lean up means then reach. What have you been given that you can help others with and reach up for that? So leaning in is, as we said, you know, it's that I will voice. Leaning up means how do you help others? It's become selfless. When those two things go on, we get a lot back in return. It's an amazing thing. In the giving yeah. that we receive is the funny phrase for that. Yeah. But watch life when you lean in and lean up. Watch what happens to your set of strength and your sense of purpose. It grows as a result. Wow. That's awesome. I love that. I love that saying that that's a really great perspective. What, what kind of advice would you give to someone 23 right now or to yourself at 23? What would you look back? And if you could look at their life right now, your life, what would you tell yourself at 23? At 23, we are so energized about, we got this. Just, Mm -hmm. just let me have at it. I see it A to Z done. So the advice or the suggestion I would say is take a good look at who can you talk to who's already been where you're about to go and simply say, it's almost like a visit with a sage. Simply say, Hey, you know, I'm 23. What should I look for? And what I usually share with folks is things to be, find ways to be humble and selfless. How can you serve? The rest of it takes care of itself. So you put in your best God-given skills and talents into a spot, no matter what that is for you right now, and let those work. Just stay in it. It's amazing what wisdom comes back to you. So a little my bit like sense, that microwave you were talking about. Yeah, That's yeah. what a lot of people want, especially nowadays with technology and how fast everything's moving. Sometimes it can be hard to to see that vision and see and stay on the path when you don't know what the end goal is. Especially for me that right now, I, I don't know what the end goal of my life is going to be. I don't know what's going to make me successful in the next 10 years. And that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. But staying on that path that God has and, and he knows he knows what's coming, but I don't yet. It, it can be tough sometimes to stay on that path. It's so true. And I always talk about your personal skill inside a toolbox. So let's call it the journey. And you got your backpack on because that seems to be cool. Everybody's got their backpack. Well, what we put in the backpack has to help us for the journey. So it's a metaphor to say, what's in my toolbox? Am I a good listener? Do I have a skill set where I can lend a particular carpentry skill? Or I've got a math skill or a tech skill. Okay, who can I help with that? Whoever needs it at the time. It might not be my formal job. But then somebody sees that happen. And they'll say, hey, you know, I saw you're pretty good at that. Have you ever thought of so yeah. notice it's not a direct line. It's not the drive-through. It's not the microwave. It's a little bit of a journey 
but it's a cool way to say, put your skills and talents in enough and reflect on what might those do and listen to the feedback. It's amazing what it starts to frame for you. It gets clearer because of your skill set, not because of the job that you're chasing. Wow. Yeah. And, and it co- goes back to what we kind of talked about earlier is mindset. Oh, beautiful circle. Yes. And, and when your mindset is clear and you know every day when you wake up, what am I doing? How am I starting my day? How am I getting going? All that stuff can kind of be easier and fall into place for you when, when it's nice and smooth. Right. And then when you get out of track, off pace, whatever it is, it can be a little tough to get back on. Right. Absolutely. You want, what's your anchor? When it gets Mm -hmm. choppy, what's your anchor? And you have to know what that is for you. For some folks, it might be their faith. For some folks, it's getting with that cool person who I can just vent with. For some, it's just saying, okay, let me take a half step back here. Take a little inventory. And the next step I can do, however small, it will be positive. Yeah. So did you ever think you would be VP at All Care? You'd be Mr. Corporate growing up. And what... One thing I'm very interested in to hear from you is about that second mountain, the second mountain in life. I know some people that are going through that right now as well, that climbed a first mountain and were very successful at what they've done and are now on to the next thing. And for whatever reason, they're trying to climb that new mountain. How, how were you able to find that new mountain and what advice can you give for someone that's been successful in one place and now is trying to be successful somewhere else? Yeah, it's so cool because I didn't see this corporate business opportunity coming. I was going to be 35 years in the field of education and then go back over to Mount Union and teach in their master's degree program for educational administration and leadership. So I saw myself as a school guy just placed on up. Here's that second mountain, and it wasn't any one particular thing. It was a couple of things. I had hit a spot in my career where I had seen some things. So I started to th- reflect on it's a leadership skill set. It's not the job called VP or the job called superintendent. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I had some conversations with the leadership at Alt Care before accepting the job to research it through my skill set. Does this match for your vision, for your purpose? Are my WABs in a good spot to help you? So those conversations helped me say, hey, it's not the job title. It's what I can bring to it. Who knew? If you'd have told me I'd have put five things together, Mike, you might do on that second mountain, that wouldn't have been six. Mm -hmm. But it was because I was chasing the name of the job as opposed to what can I do for somebody? Mm -hmm. Amazing then what the opportunity became. I feel like for a lot of people too that are successful on a second mountain, they don't start from zero on that second mountain. When you climb that first mountain, there's people along the way that you're meeting that you don't know are going to help you on your second mountain. They might not help you on that first mountain. They might not help you with the company you're building right now or the team you're leading. But down the road comes a time where you need them or you need their advice. You need to lean on them for something. And so like we kind of talked about before, before we started this was connecting with people and building relationships, even at times where it doesn't necessarily benefit you in that moment. And do you feel like that's been a big help for you because I know you um, you were close with those all care guys before you even thought about making a transition because you were on their board. Is that where that comes from? And can, are, can people look for that during their first mountain? Yeah, I think so. When you're doing that first mountain, 
you're not always thinking about the second mountain. Mm -hmm. So that's always a piece of, okay, reflecting upon what will I be doing for my career? But you keep putting your best in every day, making those connections. But the idea is to understand, to be humble, listen to what they're saying, not to put your next conversation point in, but what are they saying that can help you polish your skill set? And there's always a piece in those conversations mm -hmm. or in those settings or in a leadership setting to say, there's what I need to polish. You don't know where it's going to take you, but it doubles down on yourself to say, what are my best skills and talents and how can I keep polishing those? So humility yeah. in listening is the power in that. That's my favorite thing. I talked about it before in the podcast on my social medias too. Like the reason I started this and one of my favorite things to do is go sit at a bar by myself and just talk to whoever's beside me, talk to the bartender, get the lay of what's going on around here, especially when I'm in a new city. Like that, those are the times I love because I get to hear someone's story. I get to hear what they've been through. I, I did it the other day. I got a haircut down in Asheville. Shout out to my barber, Zach. But I just went out for lunch afterwards at the local pub and started talking to the guy beside me that's like a 25-year Army vet, now doing security for like some big names, living in this small town. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to see. And one of the best advice I've ever been given, it was actually through a TikTok, and it's dating advice. Ah, there you go. That yeah. always raises that level exactly. of interest, right? Yeah. Up. So dating advice for a first date, you know, sometimes you're nervous, whatnot, not really sure what you're going to talk about, what you're going to go through. But people will come away from that first date thinking that it was a great first date, great time, if they get to talk a lot and they get to share their story with you and you're genuinely interested in them. So sometimes when you are nervous or something, not really sure what's going on, you just start asking questions. And soon enough, those questions and those like bullet points turn into a conversation that you can't have because you make connections, you make points. It's so crazy how small the world is with what people have been through and say, Oh, say, hey, I was I was over here. I've worked with this team. Oh, do you know so-and-so? Oh, yeah, I grew up with him. And it's unbelievable how the world works sometimes. Oh, it's so good because you allude to that six degrees of separation that we're kind of connected in strange ways. But when you take it and dive even more deeply, by nature, we are highly relational. We were created that mm -hmm. way. So when you think about that relationship piece, how do you get someone comfortable to share in the relationship that you're having in a conversation. It becomes in tune with what we're all about. So when folks connect with you in those conversations, right, it unlocks what we're all wired to be, and that's relational. Yeah. So when it's comfortable and it seems genuine, and then it delivers on being genuine, you've got the best in front of mm -hmm. you, the things you'll find out, because folks are saying, I'm in with you, because yeah. it's how we're wired. And that's something that a lot of people haven't had the last year because of COVID. They haven't had those relationships where it's face to face and you can feel the energy in the room. And if there was ever a time right now to go out and try to meet as many people as you can, it's now because so many people are looking for that community and looking for good people to be around. And if you are a good person and you can genuinely be interested in them, it, it can be kind of easy to meet people. Oh, it almost unlocks something that's been pent up. And that is just the ability to interact. There's an energy vibe in that. The words just become the door opener. It's the vibe 
It's yeah. back and forth. It's so true. You don't get that on a Zoom call. No, it's only two-dimensional. I yeah. tease everybody when I'm doing Zoom. I say, I love you two-dimensional, but I really love you more three-dimensionally. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, this has been unbelievable. And to wrap up a little bit here, a few questions I always like to ask is, number one, what's your favorite book? What's been a book that has either inspired you, changed a mindset you've had? What's a book that you could recommend? Awesome. I, I always answer this with a combination. Lead for God's sake. I, I've been recommended that, but I haven't read it. It's a good one. Then you follow right right behind it with uh, Be the Message. Mm. So lead for God's sake and then follow right up with Be the Message. It's the most interesting thing because that book about lead for God's sake, it's how you say the title that automatically leans you into what you'll get from it. Some will say lead for God's sake or lead for God's sake. When you read mm. it through that coach's world, it is amazing how that voice inflection starts with one and ends with the other. And yeah. that second book, Be the Message by the Shooks, it's really cool about it. It just helps guide your conversation after you've come out of Lead for God's Sake mm -hmm. and Todd Gongor's work. I love that because the best coaches I've been around all have the best vocal. Like, you know that they're genuine when they're talking to you. Mm. They can say, hey, I really care about you. Or, hey, I really care about you. What's going on in your life right now? And because you can look back and say, hey, I asked you how you were doing. I, I care about you. But no, you can tell when someone is really interested in it. That's I'm, I'm pumped to read those books now. I got to add that to my list. Well, you describe that voice inflection. And I do this. It's kind of like launching a relationship connector button. When they say, hey, I care about you, they launch it, but it never hits your heart. Yeah. And they go, no, I care about you. Here's why. Because I saw what you did with your teammate, picked him up and helped him. Boom, that hits your heart. Notice mm -hmm. how both are trajectory. I didn't think One anyone falls. saw that. Yeah. Boom. I didn't think anyone saw I rebounded for him for 10 minutes yeah. after practice. And today. when they say that, when you capture the action that you liked or that you loved, it's really cool because it acknowledges a behavior they can see in their mind. You can leave words like, hey, great job. That's shallow and hollow, even with the right voice inflection. But mm -hmm. hey, great job with that presentation, especially on slide five, when you really lifted up that team. Now it's, yeah. oh my goodness, you saw me in the action to that level. Mm -hmm. Sit right up. Yeah, and it's they the see best. that you see what they care about. You see their why. The behavior, you, you captured the behavior and called it up. That's yep. awesome. And then my last question, uncovering success, what to you does success mean? This is my favorite question because everyone has a different answer. And that's what I'm trying to figure out right now is what does success mean to me in this life? What about for you? What does the word success mean? This is so awesome because it was the final question in my very first superintendent interview. The really? final question. Wow. I've been through 40 of them, it seemed, that afternoon. It was like two hours. And I answered it this way at the time. I said, the smiles on children's faces. When they're whole and they're complete and they can smile genuinely, things are right. We've put the right structure around them. So mm -hmm. success is the smile on their face that is genuine. Well, now as I moved into leadership with it being influence, it actually raises up to the next spot, which I would say success for me is unlocking the skills and talents of others and watching them realize that they have them. Mm. unlocking the skills and talents of others and they realize that they have them. That's success for me. Wow. That, that's so cool because for a lot of people, it's hard to sometimes see what you're good at. 
And when you have a mentor leader that shows you, hey, you're really good at this. You should lean into that. You should lean up on that. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Great. Good grab of those, Brady, that lean in, lean up. You got it, <laughs> oh, buddy. Circling back around. Yes, yeah. it is. But yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's what it's about. That's what it's like to be a leader. Creating influence. You're energizing them through the value of relationship. Wow. Well, Mike, I appreciate it. This has been fun. This, if you guys haven't heard of the One Center here in Canton, this place is unbelievable. They took a, a church and made it into a really cool collab space. There's a, a closet down the, the hallway where they turn it into a nice little meeting room and like just have used the space really well here. This is the first time I've been here, so shout out to them. This is awesome. Yeah, but I would say just Google One Center Canton, Ohio, and they've got so many cool pictures of the place. Mm -hmm. So you can say, this is where we were. We were up on the stage in the lab yeah. and knocking it out. Awesome. Well, New thanks, York Mike. City has nothing over us today. Facts. Yep. Well, glad to be. And let my dupe the shout out when you take a look, Uncovering Success. Bray, what you're doing is creating a conversation, allowing folks to unlock what they own, but getting it to be more formally thought about. So when you talk about it and you engage it, folks will summon it from a deeper spot and use it. So you, while you're gathering some really cool stuff to project to others, know that you're helping those that you're talking to lift up as well. So it's it's a double down on good stuff. So keep it up. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. This has been fun. Where can people reach you? Where can people connect with you? You know, maybe you said something today that really hit them. They want to unpack further or have want some advice on something. How can people reach you? Boy, the quickest way would be through my email because it's simple. It's an easy one to remember. Mm -hmm. And it gives, I see it the most often. And it's just mgalena at altcare.com, all lowercase. So M-G-A-L-L-I-N-A at altcare, A-U-L-T-C-A-R-E.com. Then I can unlock stuff from there for them. So mgalena at altcare.com. That's awesome. I appreciate it, Mike. This was fun. This was awesome. And looking forward to, to seeing your future as well as seeing our relationship. Thanks, Brady. In it for the long haul. It's a journey. Absolutely. Absolutely.